0: The following program is pre-recorded. Opinions expressed may not reflect those of Salem Media of Colorado or its sponsors. This is Life in Colorado, a radio news magazine about the issues, events, and the unique life we live in this centennial state.
1: Welcome to Life in Colorado. I'm Mark Howington, and with me I have Wayne Weingarten. Wayne, you're the author of No Way Home, and... Let's just talk briefly of the overview of the book. It's a book about homelessness, but I also like the tagline, How to Solve It. So welcome to the program.
2: Thanks for having me.
1: Wayne, you are in California. One of the reasons why I wanted to have you on this program is anybody that has lived in Denver uh, in the current history is very familiar with the fact that Denver has a blooming homeless population. You it can hardly drive down any street without someone on the corner with a sign and a handout asking for, for money. And one of the things that I like about your book is that you go right down the line in terms of discussing this issue. In fact, your first chapter in the book talks about, uh, in fact, I like the title, Postcards from the Epicenter, Just How Bad is Homelessness in California?, so, just again, making that transition from what you know to California and what we are experiencing here in Denver. Describe what is homelessness. How just how bad is homelessness uh, in California? And do you think we can expect some of the same issues here in Denver?
2: I, I think we're already experiencing the same issues in Denver, you know, just New York City, Portland, Seattle, lot. La- a lot of major metropolitan areas are struggling with the same issues, and w- what we tried to do with the book, it was myself and three other co-authors, all bringing different expertise uh, to the problem. So uh, I'm an economist by training. We had uh, uh, Joseph uh, Tartakovsky, who's a-, a lawyer, Christopher Rufo, who's been spending years and years looking into the-, the homelessness problems. We all brought our unique perspectives. Carrie Jackson, who's a fantastic reporter. To try to understand what's happening in California and uh, you know develop those lessons for California, but also how do they apply to Colorado because you're suffering from a lot of the same issues. When you look at you know San Francisco, for instance, I mean what you're literally seeing develop is uh, homeless encampments taking over the city. So when you go to some of the the prime tourist destinations in San Francisco, it's overwhelmed with 10 cities where you see, you know, human waste is there, uh, dr- uh, drug needles are there. Uh, and, and it's becoming just uh, an impediment kind of to just the, the social fabric uh, of the city. And it's beginning to not just hurt us you know, socially, but also economically, where you're seeing tourists are deciding not to visit. San Francisco, for instance, and conventions going to other cities. So you're seeing this just this crisis building to the point where the consequences are just felt almost on a daily basis.
1: You know, Wayne, I, I think we are probably here in Denver, maybe just a few years behind you, because one of the things that we have seen in the Denver area, we've we've also had the tent cities, although it it seems like it goes in cycles. The Homeless camps get set up, the tent cities get set up, uh, they they go for a while, exactly what you just talked about. We have the problems with the safety concerns, obviously waste and uh, needles, and you know several times the city has gone around and closed these homeless tent cities because they're, they cite safety reasons, exactly what you just described. Um, You know, lately I haven't seen a lot of of news about tent cities being set up, although you can find them. For example, when I drive to work, there's a particular place where I drive. It's like an exit ramp, which isn't very populated, and there's a tent just right there. So they may not be congregating in cities as much, tent cities, but they are definitely around. And as I mentioned, you know, it's every – just about every street corner – You've got somebody there with a sign and a handout. So you you moved on to chapter two a little bit about homelessness hurting the economy, and you already mentioned tourists, which is also an industry that's here in Denver. We have a convention center, very world, several world class museums, uh, definitely a lot. And of course, you know, talk about the winter and skiing right up the mountain. So there are definitely a lot of tourists, and I'm I'm with you. It could definitely. Uh, cause folks to think twice before coming to Denver for their leisure activities. What other impacts on the economy can homelessness have?
2: Well, the, the retail sector, you know, whether it's from tourists or even just uh, local, it's, you know, when you have the, the encampments, it just makes it that much more difficult for small businesses to thrive. So you're, you're harming that part of the, uh, uh, the, the sector. You're also just making the quality of life that much more difficult. And so some of these are like the unseen costs. But one of the problems we have in California is a growing out migration crisis. And that's not just simply families deciding it's too expensive or there's too little opportunity, but businesses are leaving as well, which then of course has the cyclical effect of reducing opportunities. And now we're entering a a vicious cycle where uh, it builds upon itself and the economy continues to, to suffer as businesses realize this is not a great place to do business. I can't hire employees because people don't want to live here. And you start seeing that hollowing out of of activity. A lot of that is uh, unseen and, and typically multi-factors are behind it. But uh, the, the growing problem of homelessness and the decline it creates for quality of life is building into that so that you're actually just dimming the vibrancy of um, uh, uh, of the economy of the region. I mean, one one thing, I, it's, it's funny, my, my son, who thinks about San Francisco and thinks of it as just this awful place. I mean, I remember it being a vibrant city that was just a, a beacon to go to, to work in, you know, Silicon Valley finance. He, he, he sees it as a city overrun uh, that's just uh, falling apart. And that perception has uh, consequences socially, but also economically as well. And uh, the the more we let the problem fester, the more those opportunities uh, become squandered.
1: Talking with Wayne Weingarten, he's the author, at least uh, one of the authors, of the book called No Way Home. And, Wayne, right now we're talking about the problem, but the subtitle of your book is The Crisis of Homelessness and How to Fix It with Intelligence and Humanity. We'll get to the fix it part in a moment. It's interesting you're mentioning uh, the the way that homelessness can take down a city. In fact, on one of our stations, KNUS – our talk show host in the afternoon, Stefan Tubbs, created a documentary called Denver and Decay, which he focused in on. Part of, part of that is the problem of homelessness and what it's doing to our city. And so I definitely do want to get to um, the how to fix it part of this before our program is over. But let's move on to one of the things that I know has happened here in the Denver area in Colorado but particularly Denver's, there's been this back and forth, it's almost like a tennis match uh, of laws that have come into effect. You know, either uh, tent cities are illegal or they're not, and either that's humane or it's not humane, and so this debate has continued to rage. Chapter 3 of your book talks about a brief history of the law of homelessness, and I realize your knowledge would be of California, but what do you think of this whole issue of, of trying to legislate and, and make perhaps a room for homeless people to exist, and yet at the same time, how do you balance that with the health of a community?
2: Yeah, and you uh, have to see Joseph does just a, a fantastic job going through the history where uh, it was once, you know, vagrancy was seen as something that you ran people out of town for, you know, back in the 1800s. And he starts from that perspective to kind of uh, how that's evolved and what's most pertinent to the current crisis uh, uh, and again, this is a, a law taught by an economist, right? So be, <laughs> we should be careful. But you've had the Ninth Circuit uh, Court of Appeals, which has had a, a, a seminal ruling, where essentially what they've said is, if you um, need to sleep, right? That's just a basic human function. And if uh, I uh, need that to sleep, but I don't have a home right, to go to, and if you can't guarantee that there's a safe shelter bed for me to sleep in, then you can't deny me of that basic human kind of function.
1: Yeah, that's and exactly that's, the debate that's going on here at Denver as well.
2: Right. And so what that's creating is the right to live on the street, because especially if you're a, a law enforcement officer, there's just absolutely no way to know. Uh, and, and typically, one of the solutions we talk about is empowering the police officers with this information, but it, it, right now they don't have the information, so they don't know if there's a bed available, and certainly nobody wants to take the risk. So it's being defined as you have a right to live on the street, and that's actually being viewed, and I think very uh, incorrectly, as the humane kind of approach to it. Whereas I just I, I don't understand how uh, kind of empowering people or enabling people to live in squalor, where in California we're actually seeing
0: the reemergence
2: of medieval diseases.
0: I mean, diseases
2: we thought were long gone, typhus. Uh, but they're back because of the conditions in these tent cities. And uh, and, and, and this is something we would be co-authors. We, we agree on many things. I think one of the things that makes the book interesting is we don't agree on everything. But certainly one of the things we all agreed upon is the idea that this is not a humane way to address the, uh, the crisis. And in fact, it's a disgrace that the, the largest economy, the richest uh, society, that we allow this many people to live on the streets and we think of it as something that's enlightened rather than this is a problem that we, we actually need to uh, to address.
1: We'll again get to how to fix this issue in just a moment, but I noticed in your book One of the chapters says how California's housing crisis has pushed thousands into homelessness. Now, the same thing's happening here in Denver. And so it's interesting how our cities are living parallel lives in terms of this issue of homelessness. Uh, Denver has become this booming city. There's about 3,000 people a month moving into Denver, at least there was before COVID. I'm not sure what the numbers are now. But it has caused the housing demand to go up, and therefore the prices have gone up. And there are families who now used to work certain jobs that could afford to pay rent or a mortgage, and now they can't. And the increase of those kinds of families who are on the street has also increased. What what do you have to say about that?
2: You know that, and that is a huge driver in in, in most of the urban areas where you see homelessness going up, you also see affordability of housing going down. And the affordability of housing is not because the government's not uh, building enough affordable housing. It's that, uh, you know, in California, we have zoning regulations, environmental regulations, and what all of these are doing uh, are increasing the cost of a home. And, and, And to get a sense of how bad it is uh, and I'm not familiar with Colorado, but I would I would suspect it's it's similar to some of the things we see in California. Generally speaking, the rule of thumb in banks and housing and urban development is that an affordable like, housing situation is that about 30% of your income is spent on rent, mortgage, what have you, you know, those housing costs. Uh, and, in fact, after the mortgage crisis in 2007, Uh, all the way to 2014, you saw in California, housing went from uh, very unaffordable, 150, 140 something percent of uh, your income for the median house relative to the median income. In other words, um, it it required 40% of your income to live in a home uh, in California, not 30%, you know, looking at kind of the median or the average to the average. And that came down to 2014, things became more affordable. And then in 2014, you started seeing the homeless problem increase, and at the same time, we saw affordability uh, decline as well. So it became more and more expensive. So now, you're actually spending 40, 50, 60% of your income for the median household, the average household, to afford the average apartment or home uh, in California or in specific cities. So you're seeing too much of our income has to be devoted. To housing, which just, one, prices a lot of people out of homes completely or those that are in homes, it, you're, you're one adverse life event, one job loss away from getting into a very difficult kind of vicious cycle. And so all of the regulatory costs and the restrictions on building is artificially constraining the supply of housing, raising its costs, and pushing too many people to the, the financial edge. Uh, And for those situational homeless, right, not necessarily homeless who are suffering from mental illness or suffering from substance abuse, but people who economically are just pushed to the edge, Uh, that's a a problem, and it needs to be addressed.
1: Well, it sure does. And, you know, as you were talking, I can relate to that. I think if I were one financial catastrophe – I probably just want to vent away myself from, you know, not knowing how I would pay for my housing costs. I, I, I feel that feeling and that pain. So, all right, I, we've got about 10 minutes left, Wayne. And again, Wayne Weingarten, one of the authors of No Way Home. The subtitle is The Crisis of Homelessness and How to Fix It with Intelligence and Humanity. We'll get specific in just a moment, but give us the overview. How do we fix this?
2: Uh, The overview is you have to understand um, the different types of homeless, why people are homeless, and we have to create the right incentives um, to basically address each one of those groups. And and right now part of the reason we uh, have such a bad crisis, particularly in California, is that we're getting the incentives all wrong. And then on top of that, we're not running the programs very efficiently. I mean, something that was very telling to me, this came out after the. uh, I went to press with the book, but the California auditor went through the programs and said that California, just at the state level, over three years, has spent $13 billion on the problem, or about $30,000 for a person who is homeless each and every year over those three years, but they can't account for it. They don't really know who's spending. It's not coordinated, and it's not kind of taking uh, a long-term sustainable approach of how do we solve the driving factors that have led to this homelessness? And so you're spending a lot of money ineffectively, uh, and that doesn't include local uh, governments. And you know, San Francisco spends over a hundred million dollars a year just cleaning up uh, after the problem. Uh, you know, one of the things that you know we believe is you can do much better if you could devote that that that, that spending to solving as opposed to just cleaning up after it. Uh, it, it also doesn't include the money being spent when hospitals are um, interacting with homeless people, treating them, obviously there's a cost that uh, we aren't getting back. So that's a, a cost in the hospital. The cost when law enforcement, who often is interacting with a homeless population, that's a cost that we're not actually including. So y- when you actually add up all the, the, the dollars, we're spending a tremendous amount of money, but we're not spending it to solve the issue. And we don't have the right kind of policies uh, in place to actually kind of create the right incentives to, to help uh, kind of move people uh, kind of from the current situation into a much more sustainable place where they can kind of regain their, their footing and, and pursue kind of the, the American dream. And, 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 and we've lost that. And so from a 30,000 foot perspective, that's what we need to re, uh, reestablish.
1: So Wayne, let's let's pretend, and this actually could be the case that we've got some some Denver uh, lawmakers listening. And what would you tell them in terms of some smart legislation and and, and smart programs?
2: Well, I, I think one of the resources that we're uh, underutilizing, uh, actually, it's a combination and, and many things we have to, to work in combination is law enforcement. This is a group of of people who interact with the homeless more often than most other groups. And we need to empower them with information and ideally uh, with uh, nonprofit shelters, which have demonstrated the ability to serve the homeless population much more efficiently than than government-run shelters. And in fact, focus on that multidimensional issue that we've been talking about uh, to, to truly help transition people off of the street into sustainable Um, uh, housing where it's not just they're in a home, but it's that they they have a job or they have the training or they've addressed their drug addiction. Uh, Private shelters and private nonprofits have have proven much more adept at serving that population. So if we could use the law enforcement and and give them that information so that they can connect the homeless to uh, effective uh, services... That would that's incredibly important uh, in in order to solve it. So I think that's a great place to start.
1: One of the chapters in your book, I really like the title. It's just called "Taking Action," but the subtitle is "Lessons Learned from Local Change Makers." So again, our two cities are two you know Colorado and California. Our two states are living some parallel lives, and I don't think we're too far down the road from what you're experiencing. In California, what have who are the change makers? What have they been doing that's worked?
2: Well, w- one of the things that's been, that's been doing that that's worked is called the Hoats program, which is exactly what I was just talking about, using law enforcement as a means to uh, to transition people to uh, uh, to services that can help them. Uh, there's a fantastic program uh, down in San Diego where they actually using temporary tents as a, a low cost shelter. Uh, because part of what we need to do I mean is kind of different phases, but we need to help transition people off the street right away. And so you know using alternative forms of shelter as a means to uh, to make that work. Now, obviously San Diego relative to Denver has some weather <laughs> differences, which may make it a little easier uh, in in San Diego. but uh, those types of kind of innovative thinking of how can we, in a, in a financially responsible way, get people into shelters, and, and, and importantly, uh, differentiate. You know, so you need to make sure that women and children have kind of safe shelters to be in, because one of the things you find is that uh, people uh, avoid the shelters because they don't feel safe there. So we need to address that to kind of the, the appropriate kind of facilities. Um, and, and I think um, one of the more important things we need to do then is beyond the – positive incentives for people who are what they call situationally uh, homeless is create uh, uh, the, the appropriate stick, of, you know, the carrot and stick um, environment, which, we, which is what we've lost in California to be able to use that as an interaction to help those who are mentally ill, help those who have substance abuse uh, issues. And so they're not going to seek out treatment voluntarily, right? So the carrot isn't going to work. So we need uh, rules in place that use the stick as a means uh, to get them into help and to uh, you know enforce the laws and and to uh, improve the overall quality of life of the community.
1: Is is there a path? And and I, and I realize as you're talking, the the answer to this question is not a, not a straight one and not an easy one, not one without knots and tangles. But is is there a path from being homeless to to being back into a home and? and maybe a contributing member of the society where you've got, you're holding down a job and you're, you're able to pay the bills? What, what does that path look like, you think?
2: Uh, well, let's start with some of the more intractable problems. So let's say someone with substance abuse. Sometimes, and this is you know, the unfortunate human condition, and uh, you know, maybe it would be a great philosophical debate, You know, why do people need to hit rock bottom uh, before they can start to uh, improve? Uh, but sometimes that's just what it is. And so if we could use law, uh, law enforcement so that no more saying it's okay to, to sleep on the streets because there, there are vagrancy laws, there's good reasons to have vagrancy laws, um, and we need to enforce them. Uh, in California, we've gone one step f- further where we've actually downgraded crimes and create a means for people with substance abuse to actually steal without consequence to feed drug addictions. Uh, you know, those laws have to be changed. And so if we could use that interaction, so if somebody breaks the law, they're using drugs in public or they do some sort of damage, steal, uh, but they have a substance abuse addict, uh, addiction problem and they're homeless, well, through uh, institutions like the Homeless Court, where as opposed to going directly into the legal system, you actually are, are tried in a Homeless Court and can be essentially sentenced to a rehabilitation. And if, as as a carrot at the end of this, if you successfully complete that rehabilitation, we will expunge your record so that that mistake of substance abuse or that disease of substance abuse, however, it's appropriate to to think about it, um, doesn't kind of tar the rest of their lives, where they can actually kind of pick up their lives, you know, recognize that, okay, I've, I've, I've addressed this issue um, and then help them get back into life while you're you know, not, uh, not created that long-term legal implications because you've expunged their record. So that type of program, again, we're comprehensively addressing the issue uh, through homelessness courts, but we're dealing with the substance abuse problem, which for that part of the population is the driving factor. And if you don't deal with substance abuse if you only try to get them into a, a, a home uh, they're going to just wind back up in the same situation so it, it, it's complicated it's long term it, but but dealing with it comprehensively like that is oh certain,
1: to, yeah it certainly yeah. can and, and like like i say there's it's, there's no straight way there's 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 it's a very complex and thorny issue talking with Wayne Weingarden the author of at least one of the authors of No Way Home, The Crisis of Homelessness and How to Fix It with Intelligence and Humanity. Wayne, you've got 30 seconds. Give us your elevator speech. What is this book all about?
2: This book is all about documenting what the crisis is, why policy is a big part of the reason why we have this crisis in California, but also in places like Denver and Seattle and New York City. And we, we go through lots of examples across the country they says there is a way out if we change the policy and we do uh, we address the problem intelligently, but again humanely.
1: And where can folks get this book?
2: You can find it on um,
1: Amazon.com. Wayne Weingarten, thank you for being a part of Life in Colorado. If
0: you have questions or comments about today's program, please call 303-750-5687 or email us at at Salemdenver.com. Life in Colorado is a public affairs presentation of Salem Media of Colorado.